0: Friends, welcome to episode 123 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am your host, Doris Swift. Welcome back to the show. I am so thankful for you, and I would love to hear from you and know how Fierce Calling has blessed you. I have heard from my listeners about specific episodes that really touched their heart or caused them to make some type of a change in their lives. And I would love to hear from you. So be sure to reach out to me on my contact page at DaraSwift.com And I'd love to hear about that. And it would be awesome if you would consider rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts Pod chaser, or wherever you listen to the show, because that'll help more people find it. Today, I invite my friend back, Deb Diarman. She is an amazing writer, a writer's coach, and we are talking today about overcoming doubts about walking in our callings. And you know, you are gifted with creativity and you are equipped to walk in your calling. Do you believe that about yourself? Because sometimes we really have these doubts, but we're going to talk about that today and how to overcome those. And I know what Deb has to share is going to be so encouraging to everyone. Um, we're talking about her new book, The Right Calling, Encouragement for the Writer's Heart. But this episode is not just for writers. You will really glean from the wisdom that Deb shares. So listen and we'll have a chat with Deb Diarman. De but first, here is a message from Access More. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm excited today to welcome back my friend Debdi Armand. This is actually her third time on Fierce Calling and it's just exciting. We always have a great time. And she is amazing. She's a certified writing coach and a life and business coach. And she's also an award winning author of six books. The first few times she was on, we talked about her other books, but I'm gonna mention them again because they are so good. She wrote Related by Chance, Family by Choice, I Choose You Today. And she co-authored with her husband, Don't Go to Bed Angry, Stay Up and Fight, which is so interesting, right? You have to grab that one. That was actually a 2019 Sela award-winning book in the Christian Living category. So exciting. And she also wrote a humorous devotional called Bumper Sticker Beatitudes, which is so cool. And that was in 2019. But she has written a few since then amazing books. I was blessed to be part of uh, an anthology that she wrote and put together, which was called We May Be Done, But We're Not Finished, which is such the epitome of, you know, all the seasons in our life, how we're never finished, what what God has in store for us. It's so amazing. And that actually was a 2022 Sela Award winner in the anthology category at the Blue Ridge Mountain Christians Writers Conference that I was, Just so blessed to be there and be in the audience when Deb went out to accept that award. It was exciting. And her latest book is really awesome, too, and it's called The Right Calling, Encouragement for the Writer's Heart by Writers for Writers. And even if you're not a writer, you're going to love this episode, so don't tune out. And you know what? God might be calling you to be a writer. So hey, how about that? Welcome to the show, Deb.
1: Thanks so much, Doris. Always fun to spend some time with you and your listeners.
0: Thank you. I just enjoy it so much. And you've been such an encouragement to me and so many other writers in what you do for writing, you know, for your own writing, but plus what you do to encourage those you coach. And so I would love if you would share a little about your story, however, the Lord leads and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Maybe even since the last time we met.
1: Well, I, I'll tell you, um, people always want to know, did you always want to write a book? And my answer was absolutely not. <laughs> it never crossed my mind, Doris. I, I was really blessed with a, a career that I truly enjoyed. I was a, a business coach and life coach, and I did a lot of work with executives in training and development. And I got to travel the world on somebody else's dime on a regular basis. I met interesting people. And if anyone had ever said to me, you're supposed to be doing something else instead, I would have laughed. And that's pretty much how it, how it happened. Mm-hmm. I had three friends in my life, Doris, that dogged me. Mm-hmm. Um, one, was my, one was my husband. He was the first person who said, I think you should be writing. And I looked at him and thought, oh, I talk a lot. So he probably thinks if I write some of it down, it'll be quieter in the house. (laughs) But it it has not worked out that way for him, Doris. Oh, well. (laughs) The second person was my older brother. um, Older by 16 years, and they were just the two of us. And I was my parents' surprise late-in-life baby. But when we were both adults, we had so much more in common. And he was actually a journalist. And he said to me, you know, we've become letter writers, not emailers. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think you should explore writing. And I looked at him and said, Jack, what would I write about? He said, I don't know. But if you write like you talk, I think people would find value in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I just dismissed it. The third person oh. was the one who was relentless. And over the course of about two years, she'd say to me, I think you should be writing. Why aren't you writing a book? I think you're supposed to be writing a book. I think God wants you to write a book. And then she switched to, so tell me what the book's going to be about. And when do you think it'll be done? And finally, in one very sort of frustrated moment, I said, Eve, it's not what I do. And she said, oh, I know it's not what you do. It doesn't mean it's not what the Lord's asking you to do. And I dare you to ask him about it. And that really set me back on my heels. Mm -hmm. And I did. I went to the throne within a few days and said, okay, give me permission to tell Eve you said no. (laughs) And and the egg was on my face, Doris. Um, Not only did he say yes quickly, I knew exactly the title and the topic for my very first book Mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. So if there had been any doubt, it was gone in that moment. It it was a surprise to me. And I found out later, it wasn't a surprise to anyone else. So the Lord really took me from one wonderful place and dropped me what it felt like was the middle of nowhere, because I had no idea how to start what to do, what books to read. And he supplied someone for me, he supplied a coach. And that coach was my come alongside buddy for about a year and a half. And at that point, my first book was published. Uh I recognize that in that moment that there was more to this than I believed might be possible. I, I really thought when the book sold and it was published, well, one and done. And that's absolutely not what the Lord had for me. He replaced one good gig with a calling, and you know, because you're called. Mm-hmm. It's not like a hobby for you and me. Yeah. You can't just say, when you get discouraged, Well, that was harder than I thought it was going to be. I think I'll take up watercolors. <laughs> um, it, it, he doesn't let go of you mm-hmm. when he's called you in. That was 10 years ago that I started. And with six books later, I'm still in awe every time I sit at the computer. Does this ever happen to you, Doris? You sit at the computer, you write for 20 or 30 minutes, you look back on it, and it's like, wow, I don't even remember writing some of that. It just flowed. It just came out of nowhere. Yes, for
0: sure. Or looking back on, you know, different writings. And originally, before my website became the home of the podcast, it was a blog. And so I have old posts on there that people can still find and go back and look at Sure. And I'm like, oh, yeah,
1: okay, who wrote that? <laughs> yeah, well, d- d- and doesn't it surprise you sometimes? You go, well, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't even realize it was any good <laughs> yeah, it's when like, I wrote it. Yeah,
0: that proves it. It's Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: do you know, it's it, every day with Jesus is sort of a surprise party sometimes in my life. And, and you would think that by the time you get to be, let's say, 60 plus, um, you kind of know where you're going. Uh uh-uh. uh because he pulled the rug out from under me mm-hmm. in my mid fifties with a whole new direction. Now, I will say that for a time I traveled and did all of my other business and wrote at night in hotels mm-hmm. because I was just never certain it would be anything more than a hobby. Mm-hmm. And it, it's been my delight this past year. Um, the past several years I've, cut my business way back. And I only worked with clients that had been longtime clients that I knew personally. Mm -hmm. And this was a year that I just said, taking the shingle off the front door. I'm not doing that work anymore. I'm spending my life writing full time. And the joy of my life these days is coaching writers or aspiring authors. It's so much fun. And all of the skills that I had learned all those years in my business, well, they all apply. Mm -hmm. And I had a chance to to go through the Advanced Writers Speakers Association certification, which was a college level course. And I'm seeing, it's like watching little chicks do well. Um, I've got several authors who have signed contracts. And for me, that's about as good as it gets to help somebody else do what I've been doing
0: yes yes it's just kind of like God confirmation that you're walking in what he's calling you to do and I, I love how you talked about all of the things you know and how in the beginning you were like I'm you were the last to know that you were gonna
1: write I books. Was. And that
0: was so so cool because that happens to a lot of people and they might not recognize it at first so it's good reminder and I think it's so encouraging to someone who's listening today, because this can be applied, God, God does this in all areas of our life. So this can be applied to someone who is thinking about, you know, is it time for me to step out and start this new business? Is this really what God's calling me to do? And like you were saying, sometimes we feel like, is this a hobby, you know, for years of writing and going through writer's training and going to conferences, I mean, you definitely spend a lot of money and a hobby can become very expensive and it's like there comes a time where it's like you you find that you can't not do it and it's it's just like it's it's more than just like I think I'm going to do needlepoint you know which yeah. Women are called to do those things, you know, in order to bless other people. I know we have a wonderful quilting ministry at our church who makes quilts and that's um, their gift and that's their calling. And and so um, it, it can be so applicable to anyone that's listening, whether they're writing or not, but they're just wondering, what is my next thing? And we just never know what's around the corner. Right, Deb?
1: You you don't. And it you talked about the book that um, you were uh part of with me we may be done but we're not finished well i felt like i was kind of done i had found my sweet spot in business i loved it and thought i was done and the lord went nope i have something else i'd like you to do thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the spark media network that can now be heard on the edify app felt like i was kind of done i had found my sweet spot in business i loved it and thought i was done and the lord went <clears throat> nope i have something else i'd like you to do and it, it was one of those things you know he's a gentleman he doesn't press himself but he sure sent a lot of really aggressive people my way to talk me into doing this when i first started and it it makes my story almost makes it sound like it's easy and I have to tell you, for every really great day you spend at the computer, there are days where you just stare at what you've written and think, that nobody wants to read that. It doesn't even make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the things that I've learned is that the enemy loves to discourage creativity, Mm -hmm. whether it's art or writing or quilting or any of the things that you already identified. And when we have a gift, God expects us to put it into practice. Mm-hmm. And so when, when this writing group that I am part of, we started together, there's nine of us. We started together three years ago and we only meet up in person three times a year. And we often go to the conference season. We do some of that together as we did this year. And somebody said, I think we, oughta, we have a really diverse group. I think it would be fun to write a book together. And I had had this title, The Right Calling, Encouragement for the Writer's Heart, in my head for a long time. And when I said, well, the one thing we all have in common is we all write. And that's just kind of how that story evolved. We have fiction writers in our group. We have a songwriter in our group. We have um, women who are, are employed full-time in, uh, in our group. It's a very diverse group, people who write children's, people who write fiction. Um, You name it, we kind of cover it. And when we began to put this together, I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. And I have to tell you, it was more hard work than I ever (laughs) experienced in my life. Because these are all people that I know closely and I love. Mm -hmm. And several of the group, um, this was their very first professional credit as authors Mm -hmm. which was just really thrilling to be able to do for the group but it was interesting how many of us could come up quickly with those moments in our writing life when we didn't question our calling we just questioned our suitability to fill the Mm -hmm. calling. one of the one of the phrases that jumped out at me as i was writing is you know it's a hard thing to do and there are good days and there are not so good days Mm -hmm. and sometimes you pull pages off the printer that you thought were brilliant when you were writing them and when you read them you just want to use them to start a dumpster fire (laughs) it just they're not good at all yeah and it happens more often than I think people understand I think people believe you and I just sit at the at the computer and it all comes out Mm. the way it should and you and I know that's not that's just not the way it works. Yeah.
0: Not the way it works, but and what you just said was so key that oftentimes it's not the calling that we're questioning, it's our ability to walk in the calling. And then I it I was called to write a very short ebook that I offer for free on my website and it's called step out of your doubt and into your calling because Doubt Mm -hmm. is a liar. You know, if God has called you to do that thing, whatever it is, he has already begun equipping you. If you look far enough back, you can see where he has already been equipping you along the way, but you don't need to be ready because when we feel ready, then we're probably doing it in our own strength. And so, you know, oftentimes he calls us to things that are bigger than ourselves so that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's in his strength and we know that it's him that's doing it. And he will put people in our paths to encourage us and to help continually equip us. It's just like how we're being sanctified day by day. We're, we're not perfect people and we're not going to be there until we reach glory, you know? So, so I love how you said that, that, (laughs) you know, sometimes (laughs) it's not the calling. It's like, yeah, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this, but then like you say, you put things on paper and it's like, what this is not good. (laughs)
1: well, do you know what's fascinating is that I saw a recent statistic and it said that 80, 87 people out of every 100 that were surveyed said they believe they have a book in them. Mm. Now, you and I know that that's probably not accurate. Um, and I've run into a few folks who had said, I have a book in me. And when I looked at what they had, I thought, "Ooh, let's just let it stay right where it is. Um, I asked a client one time, a coaching client, perspective coaching client, tell me why, tell me why you write. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I've always, I've always just imagined walking into a big Barnes and Noble and seeing my name on the spine of a book. Mm -hmm. And I knew a, this was not someone that was a good fit for me to coach and B I knew she was headed for a whole lot of heartache because unless you're really writing with a very specific purpose in mind whether it's a christian calling and a message that you're trying to deliver on behalf of of the word or people who have a specific type of knowledge in the fields of science or medicine or whatever it might be there's so much perseverance required in this that if you're only looking to say well i've always wanted to be a writer and they can't tell you why it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of desire. Yeah. And rarely does that end well for that individual. So many talented writers get ready on a, I don't know, a regular basis, I think, to throw in the towel, even when they know that they're, they're called and they're qualified. I mean, I think I got 12 rejections on my first book before somebody said, we we like this and we want it. it they really took a chance on me i had no platform i had never written before the topic was somewhat unique but not that unique mm-hmm. and the lord just said this is the place this is the place mm-hmm. and i had a very determined agent who loved the book and who worked very hard to sell it for me somebody said i couldn't have gone past five rejections without it just killing me mm-hmm. and i said well, you know what Every time someone says no, and they're willing to give you some feedback, not a critique, but some feedback on what's good and could be stronger and what's not so good that needs to to be fixed, you learn something. That's not wasted, Doris. Mm -hmm. And so many people who are called will throw in the towel, walk away, throw their hands up and say, I'm done. Mm -hmm. If it's not immediately picked up. I know that that you persevered, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. in finding a home for your work.
0: Yeah. Yep. And and that's the thing. It's like just looking at like you were just saying, which is so important in anything that we do. It's like, what is our motivation? Yeah. What is motivating us? Is it is it truly a calling from God that we want to do this, or is it something that You know, it's for ourselves or, you know, what is our motivation? And you're right, rejections are going to come. And we can't look at rejection as, okay, there it is. I heard God wrong. I'm not supposed to do this. And, you know, it's just not right for that place because he knows the right, like, for example, you know, we were talking about publishing, you know, and authors and that. And, you know, knowing that there are some publishing houses that, he hasn't chosen for this particular project. It doesn't mean that down the road that same house that said no is not going to pick something up that you write later on, but it was just not according to his plan because he knows best. And so I just – I think it's so important to remember what is the motivation because if it's to get money or be on the New York Times bestseller list, you know, that is not the right motivation. And So just – but – how you think about it. I mean, you hear these stories like, you know, chick, chicken soup for the soul. That, that was rejected like yeah. numerous times. Like, what was it, 125 or something ridiculous so number it, of it, times? It,
1: absolutely. It was over 100. I know, I know yeah. that. I mean, yeah. how do you just keep going in the face of 100? <laughs> no thank yous. I yeah. just can't imagine it. But look at the opportunity that it's created for writers all over the world. It wasn't just about one person. It was about a whole lot of individuals. I mean, the, the two anthologies, the, the one that um, I did for, with 23, I think, 23 or 24 authors, um, I was so excited about helping them learn more about the writing process. I did coaching for a lot of them because they had very little experience and some who just were ready to walk away. And I said, don't you dare. I said, I turned a lot of folks away and you're one that I picked. I saw something there and I need you to see it too. Uh, are you familiar with the book uh, by William Zinzer called On Writing Well? Yes. Fabulous, famous book. I don't know how many editions have been done, but at the very top of the back of our book, I quoted him and it's something I just love. He says, writing is hard work. A clear sentence is no accident. Very few sentences come out right the first time or even the third time. Remember this in moments of despair. If you find that writing is hard, it's because it's hard. (laughs) Well, I mean, just go ahead and just discourage me now, William. I mean, but it is absolutely the truth. And if we take it personally, every single time someone declines, I've worked with a couple of clients that had good books, but you just said it. It wasn't the right house. It was not what they publish or they had something that was competitive with that particular book. But I've had a couple of authors that were really quite good. And when they submitted a a one sheet or a proposal and sample chapters, if they didn't get a yes, they were done. And it broke my heart to see them, to see them do that Mm -hmm. because it's, it, you know, the, yeah. the world of publishing has changed dramatically. Just in the 10 years I've been involved and the margins are thin, the expenses have gone up and with the advent of Kindle uh, online, well, the book markets and the booksellers have taken it right in the chops. And so publishing houses have to be cautious and deliberate in what they choose. And I think a lot of times that gets lost. But when we sat down to write this book, Doris, our goal was really simple. And that was to be a support system to Christian writers at every level to actively pursue that mission that they believe God called them to fulfill. And along the way, we hope to encourage some of them to educate others and to engage those authors those writers who want to become authors in the process of taking the words God's placed in their heart and putting them on the page. It just the this book didn't exist five or six years ago. And there have been a few, but not with the diversity that we found. And we realized that was a key that was important. My challenges are different than Lori's challenges, and Lori's are different than Karen's, and Karen's than Leslie's. And so between us, uh, with all nine of us, I think that we were able to find really good opportunities, excuse me, to encourage people along the way.
0: Yeah. I love that your group is so diverse and that these (laughs) writers are the ones that contributed to this book because it it is so important to hear from different voices and Mm -hmm and even though all of these voices are different we all have our own different voices but we can relate there's there's things that connect us we're connected by our stories and we can really be encouraged by how god did a work in this person's life and how and and just to encourage the listener out there any appointment or interaction you know if we if we're in tune and in step with the lord and we're walking in the spirit Any appointment that we have is divine because even if it doesn't result in a contract with an agent or a book contract, it doesn't mean never. It just means right now or that wasn't the right one. But like you said, we can glean so much from just listening. If we don't go into an appointment, say with an agent or editor, with like putting all of our stock into that one appointment, You know, this is the make it or break it. If this doesn't go well, that's it, you know, kind of thing. We go into it with what can I glean and learn from this person who knows more than me, who is a professional, who I can glean from, you know, and if it's a no, you can still make that appointment memorable.
1: And you never know
0: how God's going to reconnect people later on.
1: No, that is the absolute truth. Um, My sister-in-law recently... Wrote a book, and she won an award at um, the Blue Ridge Writers Conference, Blue Ridge Christian Writers Conference. And it took her it took her about six years before she 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 knew she was called to write it. She had some healing to do before she could write that book. And when she had the opportunity to get it down on paper, she was stunned at the response. Um, I got impatient with her. To be honest, I kept thinking, "You're just putting this off. You need to, you need to get busy." And the Lord just tempered that, and I stepped back. And when she was ready, she really was ready. And I think that timing is everything. Um, you know, when when the Lord was was getting ready to send me down that dark alley through my mom and into the um, delivery room. Um, and he was handing out traits in heaven. Um, when he said, who wants <laughs> patience?" I thought it had to do with a hospital. So I said, no, thank you. I'm not a very patient person, Doris. And I have to remember that we get there when we get there. And so often what my clock says it should be is does not sync up with the Lord's sometimes he's had to hurry me along and sometimes he's had to say not that one yet i had i started a novel six years ago and it's based on content that came from my very first book about mothers in law and daughters in law my mother-in-law will be 90 in about a week she has she has this wonderful christian library of fiction um she will loan you a book there will be a due date and she'll call you if you don't return it on time but she has read all of the great fiction christian fiction art um, writers and when she read my first book she said well i love it i think it could help a lot of people but you know a lot of christian women don't read nonfiction. i think that if you wrote it as a novel you would have you would have the opportunity to share those the same things, and what I said to her in the moment, Doris, was, "Huh, that's really interesting, Mom." And in my head, I said, "That's the craziest thing I've ever heard." <laughs> Until several years later, God said the same thing to me, Yeah. and I was stunned, absolutely stunned. And because I don't really know how to write fiction, and I had to learn it, but I was in the groove for nonfiction, I kind of ignored it for a few years. But this was the year that the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and says, mm. "You're not writing any other books." until you finish that novel so I feel like I'm back in kindergarten (laughs) all of the things that I know to do intuitively I'm having to learn differently and you know what it's been frustrating there have been times when I've wanted to set it aside and say well I'm not going to be disobedient but I'm not doing it today either (laughs) Um, and I'm making I'm learning new things I'm making some progress but it reminded me how discouraging not knowing how to move forward is. And I'm, I feel like I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. I hope it's not an oncoming <laughs> train, but I feel like I'm making some progress yeah. there. Yeah.
0: Well, for one thing, I love how you described the birth canal. I didn't know what you were what you were talking <laughs> about at first when you were going down a dark alley with your mom or whatever. A dark,
1: uh, dark tunnel. Yes, absolutely.
0: But that is that is so true that you know there's there's continual learning curves in our life, and we can choose to have those days where it's like mm, I'm not going to do this. Yep. It's like Deb, go to your room, you know, or you know, but. <laughs> But I think it's really important to keep learning. I, I'm a learner. I love yep. learning. So, you know, that's kind of a thing. I know it's not for everybody, but if we want to do something, like when when you talk to writers that are interested in becoming authors and doing it actually as a living or, you know, at least a calling, um, you know, it, it's like you got to put the work in. There's a lot of work. It's It's work, you know, and you have to – be able to be educated in in the craft of writing and learn things and and, and we forget how much we've learned mm-hmm. and take for granted that other people know what we know and and that's really in anything we we have learned so many things in our lives and that God has taught us and He's enabled us to learn and be equipped and and then we just take for granted that other people know these things too, but we can help so many people and you know and we just never realize how many people are just a few steps behind us or you know a lot of steps behind us that we can just turn around and you know bring up with us you know and walk and walk with them and whatever their calling is and i and i love that you've been called to do that and i know it's just been so rewarding and such a blessing to you because in all the hard work there is So much reward and joy and blessing. And and like you were saying earlier, how you're so excited when the people that you've coached, you know, they're getting awards for their books, they're getting their book contracts and things like that. And I remember an email that you sent, I think when it was the uh, anthology with, um, you know, we may be done, but we're not finished. And I remember your line in there that was so cool. You said, and for those of you who've, never been published. You're now a published author. Congratulations. Or something like that. It was like, that just stuck with me. Cause I was like, that's Deb. Yeah. You know, she's excited yeah. to bring people along. It's not all about, this is the Deb Diarmond show, you know, kind of thing. It's like truly a community.
1: No, it's just, I have to tell you mm-hmm. when I opened the email from um, Blue Ridge and that book had been announced as a, a, a finalist. My husband has. We have a large piece of property, and his office is out of the house and into another building behind us. I ran shoeless, and you have to know I don't go anywhere barefoot. First thing I do every morning is put my shoes on. Um, I ran. I I was in the other room, and so I I ran all the way across the yard and burst into his office. And he said, "What's the matter?" And I said we've been nominated and he goes we who and I said me and 24 other women we've been nominated and we are finalists and the the note that I sent off to the group because Doris do you know how many of those women as we went through the editing process wrote me a note and said Deb thank you so much for including me but I just don't think I can do this I I'm I feel like I'm stuck and I Now I'm questioning whether or not I even know how to write. And I didn't let a single one of those women quit. There were a handful, not a lot. And so when I sent out, but a lot of them submitted with a disclaimer, like, I'm not sure this is what you wanted, or I'm not sure it's any good. And so I sent the one sentence that said, well, ladies, turns out you can write after all. Because I knew that it was there in them. All it needed was support and encouragement, and some some information that perhaps they'd never come across. For me, when I took that award on that stage, I wanted to. (laughs) I just wanted to hold it over my head and go, "This is for all of you." (laughs) But I thought, no, my mother wouldn't approve of that kind of boisterous behavior. So I was polite. But that's exactly how I felt. Oh my gosh just exactly how I felt. And I, I have stayed in touch with some of them like you, um, um, and others, not so much, but as I look at the, at the, um, table of contents for this new book, the right calling, I I'm looking at titles and I'm thinking, Oh yeah, I remember when I helped Mm -hmm. so-and-so with that, or somebody had that as a, as a challenge, a couple of the titles that the team came up with, I just loved. Um, one of them is, um, Help, I've Got a Numb Bum, N-U-M-B, a numb bum by Sharon Tedford, who is our British um, gal. And she said, you sit, in the, you sit in the chair all day long, and then you try to stand up, and your, your bum is asleep, and your, your back is unhappy. And hers was all about self-care as an editor, as, as a writer. Um, I wrote one called Be Yourself, Everyone Else Has Already Taken. Because so many times writers say, well, I want to write like so-and-so. Yeah. And it's somebody that they don't—they didn't live their life. They didn't have their experiences. Be yourself. Yeah. The authentic you, the authentic Doris Swift is better than any cheap knockoff of some famous writer. Mm-hmm. And women don't, I think women especially don't understand their story and how it could be valuable to other people. And that's, mm-hmm. That's true for any topic that you're writing, whether it's a Bible study or it's a Christian living book or um, it's a devotional. They all matter. They all matter. And then Becky Carpenter, who was our very newest member of the team, she had one called, Are You Sure, God?" That was one of her titles because when the Lord tapped her to write, she said, I'm a Texas girl. If it has a G on the end of it, I forget. And it was funny because with one gal with a British accent and one gal with a very Texas twang, mm-hmm. I said, I want to preserve your voices. I want you to sound like you in this mm-hmm. book. And so we talked with our editors and they said, absolutely. And I had to come across a couple of times and ask me, <laughs> what does a word mean that my, that my Brit would come up with? Gobsmack means surprised. And she said, I just wanted to make sure that it was a a word that was appropriate. I said, It is. Mm -hmm. And so we had her explain it. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of the G's on going and coming and saying and doing, the G's were not there for Becky Mm -hmm. because she doesn't pronounce them when she talks. So we wanted people to show up as who they are in Christ. And it's fun. It's fun. It's an encouraging work. My hope is that. It is probably mostly a woman's book. It's written by nine women. My, my prayer is that they'll find themselves somewhere in here. They'll find exactly the words of encouragement that they have missed out on or that they need, or a tip, an idea, a tool that they've never considered that makes them go, well, I'm not saying I'm going to finish this book, but I am, going to, I am going to finish this day. I am going to finish this chapter. I am going to finish whatever it is they're working on. Because if you do that, you'll show up again and again and again, and you'll make the Lord just really smile. Oh,
0: that's so cool. And I love how you wouldn't let certain women quit when you knew that it was supposed to be, that they were supposed to do it. And I, it just reminds me of 1 Thessalonians 5.11 that says that we're to encourage each other yep. and, and build each other up just as we're doing. you know. And I have that scripture on – it's like framed and it's sitting on my desk in my office because it's, it's just so important because God created us for community. And so, you know, when one is down, the other one can lift that person up and then vice versa, you know, because sometimes we're the ones that are encouraging people, you know, to keep running the race. And then sometimes we are the ones that need it. And so I just love how you have encouraged so many to keep going because it is it's easy to quit, but then you know, you don't wanna look back and go, Man, I should have stuck it out. Yeah. I think like for me, I just I set certain goals that I felt like I'm just I'm gonna get there, but I'm not gonna stop right before, you know, I don't know when God yep. has a breakthrough coming. Yeah. And you you can quit literally moments before something is going to happen and you know so cool it's
1: so true well and i tell you you just said my favorite word when it comes to writing and that's community Mm -hmm. if you don't have a community somebody to prop you up and talk you down um off the ledge when you're ready to start that dumpster fire you you Mm -hmm. you struggle more and we purposely kept our group small um it's Mm -hmm. called living right w-r-i-t-e living right texas but we'd love to see a living right arkansas and a living right Um, New Mexico and A Living Right, New York, because those small groups where you can really be genuinely candid with one another. I don't know about you, but I had been in a couple of critique groups that I felt like I needed to come home and, and doctor myself because it had been so brutal and it was not particularly helpful. And so we don't do critique, we do feedback because feedback says, here's what you did really well and why it's so important. And here's an area I think you should improve on. And here's a couple of ideas on how to do that. So many critique groups just say, I really loved it, or I think it's horrible, and I'm not even really sure why you're bothering. Um, It's trust is necessary. And so for all of you listeners out there, Mm -hmm. go find a tribe, build one. Community is so critically important. And it's tough to find. Um, just out there. So be be very determined. Mm -hmm. I I met two women who lived in Texas, Doris, um, at an OFSA conference. And when we discovered we all lived within a decent amount of one another, we said, let's Mm -hmm. get together. Well, you know, you always say that at conferences. But just a few weeks later, our Houston gal said to the two Dallas-Fort Worth gals, hey, I'm coming your way. Can we meet for lunch? And we did. And one of them said, you know, it sure would be great if we could have a writing group there are very few anymore for nonfiction writers and one of the other gals said "Deb, you know how to do this you could lead this and I said not by myself I'm not and so each of us invited two or three other people and so the very first time we all gathered mm-hmm. none of us Doris knew all of us we were there were some strangers in the group three years later mm-hmm. we've been through so much together both personally and professionally that we have held up one another's arms for and encouraged one another. I'm not sure that without that, a lot of what has been successfully written and published would have ever happened. Yeah.
0: So important. Like you said, community is so important. And then of course, as life happens, you know, we might be called into community for a specific purpose like writing or quilting or whatever we're doing. But you're building life there together. You're you're doing life with these people. We are. You know that God has put together this this group of people and as things happen in life outside of the thing that drew us together, we have people we know that we can text in the middle of the night or we can call. You know, we have those kind of relationships that are strong. Yeah. I just think it's fabulous that you are doing that. And I I just love it so much, Deb. And I would love if you could share how the listener can connect with you and find this book and any, um, you know, last things that you might want to share that would encourage the person listening right now.
1: Well, for the author, um, we would love to have you join us on our Facebook page. It's called Living Right, W-R-I-T-E, Texas. Um, we are looking to build that site it's relatively new but we all have um, opportunities to share what's worked for us share some solutions and we're asking our readers to do the same what have you found that works let's let's read that that information so living right to texas on facebook um, is one place to to connect, not just with me, but with, um, all of the team, we all mm-hmm. uh, are present there. Um, for those who say I'm interested in your coaching, um, they can always contact me at Deborah.theArmond. It's d e b o r a h dot d e a r m o n d at gmail.com. Um, coaching is one of those things that I am certain of. Had I not done it, I probably never would have published there was so much to learn for a greenhorn and I'd love to help people move forward in that quest to, um, to become published. So those are the two best ways to reach out to me. And just, if you want to ask a question, you don't have to be looking for a coach asking a question, um, looking for a recommendation. Um, I'd be thrilled to uh, chat with any of your listeners.
0: Nice. That is so awesome. Thank you for offering you know to be there and answer questions and um you know it's just been so great having you back on the show thanks it, it's doris just always a pleasure and there's always so much good stuff that comes out and and i know that our listener today was encouraged and so deb uh, i hope to have you on again sometime
1: <laughs> i hope i hope the opportunity arises doris thank you so very much yes. i love being with you
0: I love it too, friend. Thank you so much. And we will talk soon.
1: You wish we will.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope that you were encouraged by this episode and what Deb had to share. And the reminder that God does equip us in what he calls us to do. And while we may not doubt our calling, we often doubt our own abilities to walk in that calling. But when we do that, we're actually doubting God's ability to equip us. So let's remember that next time those doubts rise up and the enemy tries to squash what God is calling us to do because we're going to walk in that calling. Uh, One of the quotes that Deb mentioned in the show was that the enemy loves to discourage creativity. And she said, when we have a gift, God expects us to put it into practice. So we have to be accountable, right? We have a responsibility to walk in that calling and so i just love that so much and i would love for you to reach out to deb i have the link in the show notes for the facebook page that she mentioned the living right texas facebook page or feel free to email her at deborah d-e-b-o-r-a-h dot D-Armond, d-e-a-r-m-o-n-d at gmail.com. And I have that in the show notes as well. And remember me when you are looking to book a speaker for your next woman's event, I would love the opportunity to chat about that. And you can reach out to me at my contact page at DaraSwift.com or on my profile at womenspeakers.com. And I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action for her passion, compassion, and conviction in her. That. Until then, friend, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.